Welcome back to The Theology of the Buddy, a podcast for Catholics who just cleared their throat during my intro. (laughs) (laughs) Only unconscious. (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to mute now. (laughs) All right, here we go. Getting back to it. Welcome back to the Theology of the Buddy, a podcast. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> this was brick. It was not. <laughs> it wasn't organic. Uh, all right. Oh, I messed it up. Here we go. One more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> See, Brooke, that that beef was organic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. One more time. Welcome back to The Theology of the Buddy, a podcast for Catholics who love the beauty of the church's sacred tradition. This is episode 87. My name is Chris, and I am joined today by my... I never interrupting co-hosts. <laughs> That's great. Interrupting co-hosts, Mike Brook and Tim. Uh, before we begin, if you haven't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening, and please leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Also, don't forget to drop by theologyofthebuddy.com for all of our show notes and past episodes. While you're at it, uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. All of our links can be found at theologyofthebuddy.com. All right. So on today's podcast, we are continuing our series that we began uh, actually a couple months ago. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to our uh, listener and friend, uh, Jen Van Awesome, who asked, uh, basically, when did we start to take the faith seriously um, and not simply uh, something that we had just received from our parents or families. So yeah, today it is my turn. I'm up to bat. So um, yeah, I hope you uh, can take some value from my my story today. But uh, before we get into that, what's up, guys? How you doing? Doing well here as the kids cough in the background. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a, a lingering cold. Not really lingering, but no, it's just an annoying one. Yeah. So it's nothing, wimpy, but yeah, nothing worrisome, nothing, nothing bad. I swear kids just do not know how to cough phlegm out properly. And it's just like, I'm going to cough, but then I'm going to breathe it back in again. <laughs> I'm going to do that a thousand times in a row. <laughs> Yeah. Dad, I don't know why I keep coughing. Well, <laughs> give me a cup of water. Yes. Oh, I have I have a little sippy cup beside their beds for just this occasion. Only when they're sick. I don't have it normally there, but it's like, normally it's beside your me. bed. No. <laughs> Different kind of sippy cup. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hers has red wine in it all the time. I'm actually a white wine person. Thank you very much. Really? I would have thought her a rosé, but mm. no. rosé is nice too. Honestly, yeah. not gonna lie, Jacob's Creek Moscato makes me happy every time I have it. Yeah, it's 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 just so like basic, basic. <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored. Yeah, I want not sponsored. wine, but I want it's- it to taste like juice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, I have, I have some other tastes too, but you know, only a couple. Well, more than wine, I drink beer and my preferences are stouts, milk stouts. Mike knows that I like the darker beers so much more. Hmm. Have you ever had a Mickelson chocolate triple stout? No, but I did just have a chocolate milk stout. Really? I don't know if that's the same thing, but it's probably about the same thing. That was there's, so good. There's, there's tasted like dark chocolate when you drank it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, very thick. Yeah, see, very I would smooth. totally be into that. We don't have 
all of the American beer types here in Canada. We have some, but I don't think we even. I think, have I think it's picking Mickelson's. up though. Yeah, and Mickelson I, is a smaller brand too. It's, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, it's not like but all our friends over at Tridentine Brews. Who but all the good beers <laughs> are either. <laughs> They're either the local craft breweries or mm-hmm. like European beers. <laughs> I don't think there's that many American ones here that are actually good. Mm. It's there's only like not, the big brands. It's not that many American beers that are good, period. So. <laughs> oh, come on. PBR is great. Oh, man. Blue Ribbon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How are you doing, Chris? been been pretty good very busy with work um Mm. but you know um our daughter is doing a lot better than she was Mm -hmm. uh so praise god for that um yeah now she's just really really busy and really wants attention all the time and it's uh pretty draining but yeah we're not in the hospital which is huge. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Made Therese cry yesterday. (gasps) She She got, she woke up from her nap when I was over there and, uh, Julie brought her straight out and put her next to me and said, Hey, look, it's uncle Mike. And she just made the biggest, like, pout cry face in the world <laughs> oh like, that's not who i wanted i remember when i brought mike to kind of meet my family for the first time mm-hmm. and my niece was oh probably six months old and sophie was sitting in the high chair at, at the kitchen table and mike came out uh down the hallway from the front door and said hi to everybody and Sophie looked up at him stared and then just started crying so they're like okay so Mike just kind of moved out of the way and he kind of hid behind the high chair so she couldn't see him as much well Sophie turned around looked back and then she just started crying again because she's like he's still there (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome oh it was great there you go. Scary face. Yep. You make babies cry. Yeah. He's got a way with people. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tim, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, doing pretty decent. Uh, my wife is out of the country as of today. So Jack and I are hanging out. Went, went down to the movie theater and saw the new Jurassic Park movie. And I've taken this month off of my clinical rotations. So oh. nice. I've, I've got a month of sanity. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, I'm going to burn it down again in July, but uh, after that, I should be done altogether. So, oh, wow. nice. Nice. It's yeah. good to have a little bit of a break. Oh, my goodness. I needed it so much. Oh, Big yeah. Time. Big time. Dude, that's great. So, what do you, do you have any other plans for your little sabbatical? Well, uh, could be doing a lot of work on. We've gotten into trauma, so I'm going to be doing a whole lot of work on that and just trying to get that certification under my belt. And then sleep. Uh, boy. Jack, Jack's going to be going to camp here in about three days. So, yeah, he's over on the other side of my monitor here. So, confirming <laughs> with him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he's going to camp in about three days. And then I'm going to have the house to myself. So, it's pretty much going to be me. Probably Red Dead 2 and Trauma. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, it's just like, this sounds like a little bit of a mix of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But, <laughs> but I here's live a the really thing. good life. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. It got kind of mixed up with that scene from Mrs. Doubtfire where Robin Williams is vacuuming, but he's dressed as like the nanny. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, Brooke, that's not the right movie. <laughs> but now we're just oh, going to picture Tim dance around his house vacuuming. <laughs> yeah, dressed, yeah, dressed think, as a nanny. No, think risky <laughs> business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. 
here. Oh man. <laughs> or you know, this is a family podcast. Don't think risky business. No, We're please <laughs> Mary Poppins. <laughs> I would make a really good chimney sweep. No, I mean, I'm huge. <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting down that chimney. No, no not fitting down no chimneys. No. Give me a Hello. sleigh and it might work, but yeah. otherwise, no. <laughs> Hello, Tim is stuck in the chimney again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay guys i have like the best joke okay let's go okay i'm bracing myself okay i'm gonna direct it at uh i think i'm gonna direct it at tim just because i think it'll be i think it'll be great okay tim the biggest target yes yeah (laughs) tim broadside of a barn (laughs) (laughs) six foot four 260 pounds Okay, Tim. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why did the chicken cross the road, Brooke? To get to your house. Hey, Tim. Hey. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Oh, I was supposed to say he was there. I was supposed to say it's been so long since I've done knock, knock jokes. (laughs) Knock, knock. (laughs) Who's there? The chicken. (laughs) Hey, Tim. Hey. Hey, Tim. Yes, Brooke? You know why he's here? Why? Just because. Because. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing dad jokes. That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) Happy Father's Day. (laughs) I saw that joke on TikTok and I was like, I need to share it. That's great. You really just moved up the dad joke pecking order. (laughs) Hey, Brooke. Hey, Tim. What do you call a sleepwalking nun? A Roman Catholic. Virgin air. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wouldn't that be... uh, a levitating nun, virgin air. I think. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I screwed up the joke. It's not virgin air. <laughs> no, there's one about the flying nun, and that's the that's the uh, that's the punchline for that. Virgin one. air. It, it, uh, yeah, virgin air. Yeah. Wow. Was, what do you it's call okay, what the you, chicken? The chicken joke. Ah, just you, gotcha. You, ki- you killed. I'm, I'm dying inside right now. <laughs> It's like, uh, what do you call a sleepwalking nun? Virgin mobile. That's virgin mobile. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh. oh, man. I'm so glad that this is an audio only podcast so that nobody has to see the shame on my face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't worry. We can hear it. <laughs> Trust me. I've done stand up comedy. That's not the first joke I've absolutely screwed up. <laughs> You can take that chicken one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I got Chris. You have to make sure that you deliver that joke to Julie. I will. I will. I'll I'll just leave it for you to deliver it. Like she'll hear it in a couple weeks when the when the next podcast comes out. So yeah, no problem. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) When you see her on Sunday, you gotta say that joke to her. Okay. Yeah. 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 Maybe we can tell uh, our good friend, um, Mr. McCann, who will be the MC for the Corpus Christi Family Day, and uh, have him deliver it to the entire parish at the party. <laughs> Fantastic idea. I would love, I would actually love to tell that joke to Father John just to see. Yeah. Oh, yes. That would be great. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, I just, 
a side note, our parish has been so busy this past like couple weeks. And, oh yeah. And you like, been- it's wild. Like we've had, we've had Marian processions. We've had um, like, we just had like an ice cream Sunday. Like it was great. And now we have Corpus Christi family day coming up this Sunday and there's going to be a bouncy castle. There are and another procession, right? Yep. Another procession, Eucharistic procession. Yep. We're going to barbecue. And I hear Matt from the podcast season one is going to be handing out sangria. So it's going to be great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is Canadian barbecue though. I was going to say, man, to I need people in my life to just walk around and hand out sangria. Dude. You need to come to this parish and experience it. We, oh yeah, you can literally go out into the parking lot after our Latin mass, and somebody will hand you a cup of whiskey. It's, it's literally true. I love trads so much. You guys are awesome. I was trying to like. See, here's the thing: I don't even drink, and this is such a cool thing. It's just like, yeah, you have a whiskey, you know? Yes. <laughs> I keep wanting to do a count of how many people are like regularly attending at uh at our parish because i swear it's just like every couple of weeks i'm always like i think there are more people here yes yeah or that's a new family that's a new family yeah yeah father john says every sunday there's a new family mm-hmm. yeah so he sees yeah he sees new people all the time so it's yeah I mean, it could mean people are are um, stopping by because they're on vacation or whatnot, but I'm happy uh, is, that they're there. <laughs> is London, Ontario, a really big vacation no, spot? It's definitely not. No. Okay, okay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> definitely not. It didn't strike me as like Travelocity's most picked location. But and listen, know. man, no. like St. Thomas, like we're just getting our first holiday in, like. <laughs> Mm, man, first you. holiday in but they have like a thousand restaurants so that is true i'm I sure we've done that rant before <laughs> yeah and it's not really true restaurants i mean it's mostly takeout spots really yeah takeout yeah. and franchise places yes yeah. yeah we used to we used to have the most bars per capita in ontario um, and I think now that's taken up by either Tim Hortons or maybe shawarma shops. So I think how I many shawarma in- shops do you have? One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I think I was in that city for the United States at one point. I drove through this uh, little small town when I was heading out to a ranch to work as a trail guide. And it's called Stanley, Idaho. And the population for the town on the sign was 23. The number of bars that I counted on the way through was four. Wow. (laughs) Nice. So (laughs) I don't know what you guys' numbers are, but man, Stanley, Idaho's got something going on. And it's not an A. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Five and three quarters people per bar. Nice. Glad we have an engineer here. <laughs> <laughs> I was not about to do the math. <laughs> Wait till you find out from a comment that I messed that math up and they come take my engineering ring away and everything. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, so shall we shall we talk about my story? It's yeah, weird. let's talk about Chris. We're making a segue into me talking. I, I yeah. How how do we yeah. segue this? I, I just feel so unnatural. I feel like I'm introducing myself. Chris, we've known you for a long time, but I don't think that you've really ever told us how you came to a certain maturity in the faith that you've reached. Would you be willing to go into that? No. Well, thanks okay, very much for listening to the co- podcast today. And uh, no. um, well, the, my, my segue was, let's talk about Chris, maybe. Let's talk about Chris, baby. Let's talk about collecting beers and beer and tacos. <laughs> Just, <laughs> okay, we've got a new theme song. That's it. 
Chris, cut the tape. We're we're putting that in. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you, Brooke. Thank Start you. the podcast off with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let people figure out what the joke is when they get like 23 minutes in. <laughs> Tim's timing this. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. I just total guess. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, Chris, tell us your story. So, We're ready. Yeah. Did you know that's five and three quarters minutes per person? <laughs> So I guess, you know, when it comes to, to my story, it, it kind of starts off, I guess before me, it, it really starts with my mom. So when she was in her early twenties, um, she was diagnosed with lupus and, um, she became very, very sick. So she was at the time married to my dad and, um, both of them were, you know, prior to this kind of just living a very secular lifestyle with all the, all the things that come along with that. But my mom is diagnosed with lupus. She becomes very ill and they, they become desperate to try to fix this situation. And they, they're looking at doctors and specialists and going all over the place and, and they're getting no answers. And, um, I don't, I don't recall the entire story about how they heard about this guy, but, um, they had heard about a Catholic priest with the gift of healing and they thought, and this was in like Massachusetts. So like not even in Ontario. Um, but they were so desperate. They're like, you know what? Let's give this wacky thing a try and see what happens. And so they like, so my mom has like very little connection with Christianity, let alone Catholicism. Um, my great grandmother, um, was a Catholic, but she, um, was married to a Freemason and he did not, uh, allow her to really practice her faith publicly. Uh, so uh, my my mom had only very little limited experiences with the Catholic faith and had no faith growing up. And so going to this was like, like completely out of the blue. Um, so they go to this event and the long and short of it is that uh, the priest ends up calling her literally out of the crowd of like 2000 people and praying with her and she ends up having an encounter with our lord and in the process her lupus was put into remission so this ends up this whole kind of experience ends up converting my uh my entire family <laughs> so like my mom's side of the family the only person that didn't convert was my dad which is wild so fast forward um my mom was was told because of the lupus and because of all the medication that she was on, that she would never have a baby. Um, and lo and behold, she got pregnant, um, with me and they said, well, this kid's going to be totally messed up. Um, and worst case scenario is you're both going to die. Best case is one of you will die. And if, and if your son lives, he'll be filled with your medications and he'll also probably be sick, very sick. And, uh, so when I was born two two teams of doctors were there waiting for me to come out and by a miracle and God's grace, I came out with not a single medication in my body and I was perfectly healthy. Mike might disagree. He might think that there was some, uh, uh, mental damage, uh, in the area of mathematics, but who knows? We'll, we'll know on the other side. Maybe the inner ear that stopped you from being able to aim in Halo, but uh, other than that, pretty healthy. <laughs> pew pew. Um, yeah. So I just so, push buttons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So I um, that was kind of my my introduction to the world. So and because my entire mom side of the family had converted. I was the firstborn Catholic of the the family. So 
yeah, so that was amazing. Um, but my dad, again, was very firmly against this and yeah, just not, not into it, very hardened. And so six months down the line, my, my dad actually gave my mom an ultimatum. Uh, basically, it's a Jesus or me situation. And my mom said that she chose the Lord and he left. So I grew up with my mom um, and uh, very close with my grandparents as well. Um, but yeah, it definitely was not the the ideal Catholic situation for sure. Um, you know, I um, was kind of born into this essentially like a broken home. But despite, you know, despite the fact that my dad was was gone, my family life was relatively stable. Um, and I guess that helped in that was helped in part by the fact that um, my mom's lupus did eventually come back. And so she was basically home all the time. Um, and, and again, I was very close to my grandparents who lived in the, you know, a couple blocks from me. So I was very much connected with family all the time. Yeah. So I grew up in a very kind of basic Catholic household. It wasn't any, like, I'll be honest with you. I don't recall ever really learning catechism or anything like that. Um, but my mom did teach me to pray and there was always like devotional stuff, but there wasn't a lot of theological, uh, formation. Um, my dad remained distant, uh, throughout my, throughout my childhood, um, which, you know, definitely did have a significant impact, um, especially on my relationship with God and, and especially with God, the father. Yeah. So, I mean, my upbringing was, was generally okay. It was kind of lonely because I was an only child, but yeah, there, it, it wasn't really problematic, but you know, as I, as I grew older, I found myself really starting to ask the bigger questions and I started asking them pretty early on, like maybe when I was 10, 11, um, I started really asking those, those hard questions and in particular in the realm of suffering and when I really didn't get an answer to prayer, uh, when I saw, especially with my mom, she was getting incre- increasingly more ill and, you know, I was praying and praying and praying and not getting an answer to prayer and just seeing that and not really understanding the meaning and the purpose of suffering. Basically, like when it came to knock on my door, in school, like I started getting made fun of. I've started having a really hard time making friends. Things were really starting to to get tough. And when that happened, like I basically turned on God and I turned on God in anger. And I, I have a specific memory of rejecting him out of my life, telling him I didn't want any part of him anymore, um, that I was just going to go do my thing now. Um, and, uh, cause if you, he was such a loving God, he certainly didn't love me. And so this was my inner disposition. I continued doing the, you know, family Catholic thing because that's what, that's what you do. You know, I went to a Catholic school and, uh, you know, publicly funded, publicly funded Catholic school. And, uh, I was, you know, I didn't want to hurt my mom, um, who I knew loved our Lord more than anything in this entire world. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go, but I hate every minute of it. And, uh, so that, that actually went for a few years. Um, but, uh, then I encountered, uh, a Catholic priest who was a friend of my family's, um, who got moved to a parish nearby. And that, that priest really, um, took me under his wing and was, was there to answer my questions, was really becoming like a friend to me. And he, he really like, basically he really kind of helped to 
for me to become open to the idea of like actually um, believing in a loving God again. Uh, but then he ended up inviting me to this this Catholic young uh, young very sorry youth uh, praise and worship night in the states, and I ended up going to it just because I wanted a free day off from school, and uh, so I went because hey, free road trip, and basically it was the first time I had ever seen faithful young Catholics that were on fire for their faith. And, um, it really, it really kind of, again, opened that door a little bit more, but as kind of like the music got going and, you know, they started getting into it, um, I was like completely weirded out, but I just kind of felt like this tugging on my heart that was like, just open your heart a little to God. And, and like, I was just like, you know, no, no, like, you know, folding my arms and not wanting to be there. But I was like, I just kind of kept getting this persisting sense of like, just open your heart, um, be open to this. And when I finally assented to that idea, yeah, I, I had a real encounter with God. I don't know how to really put it into words, um, but I encountered his love. I encountered his presence. And uh, I suddenly understood the meaning of redemptive suffering. And like, I hadn't really understood that before. So it was like, it, it made sense. Um, So, you know, in that night, I made the commitment to follow Christ um, and to, to really take the faith seriously. And, uh, yeah. And that really kind of got the ball rolling, um, really started the, the adventure of following God, you know, as I continued, uh, you know, throughout junior high and high school, you know, I was very involved in youth group life teen, but, uh, you know, I, I think being that I was so young, I, you know, and I didn't necessarily have a great catechetical and theological formation, even though I would say I was heads and tails above a lot of others. I definitely made a lot of mistakes. And yeah, like I just, I think, especially in high school, there was that experience of just like being on fire for God, loving God. Um, but like the roots just, I think the roots weren't deep enough. But yeah, no, I I really do think like it was, there was a lot of grace in that time. Um, I received a lot of, a lot of great experiences of God. Um, I ended up, you know, being very actively involved with the Steubenville Youth Conferences, made a lot of friends that way. And yeah, got involved, like I was involved in the Life Teen Parish. Actually, it was the first Life Teen in Canada, uh, so um, pretty big stuff. Um, but then, you know, I ended up, you know, kind of speaking of that, that root situation that, that priest that had kind of befriended me really, you know, in my later high school years kind of did a number on me and, um, really betrayed my trust. And that, you know, kind of was like the first kind of, I would say, shot to the heart that really kind of weakened my my faith in a little a little bit. But I kind of just said, okay, well, that's a one off, and 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 just kind of moved on. Um, but then, like after I did net ministries and whatnot, I experienced another uh, another hit from another priest. <laughs> Um, and I, I didn't really realize it at the time, but like I, I was putting a lot of faith in priests and, and kind of in these, these Catholic personalities. And it was, it was one of those things where, yeah, like I didn't, I don't, I didn't really realize this until, you know, obviously in hindsight, um, but yeah, so I, so I, I did net, had that 
kind of bad experience. And then I went off to Franciscan University, came back from that because um, I thought it was, you know, called to become a youth minister. And so I went to Franciscan and came home after a year because I wanted to get a car and <laughs> didn't have the money to do it. So I wanted to work and get a, get money to get a car. And then I ended up like getting a job as a youth minister um, at, a, at a local parish. And it, it was really, it was a very good experience, but it ended very, very badly. Um, and uh, the priest, you know, without getting into too many details, um, this was kind of like the final, the final blow, the, the straw that kind of broke the camel's faith. <laughs> um, and after that experience, um, I ended up going into, um, into a really intense period of spiritual desolation, not simply because of that, but partially because of my own, um, my own willingness with it, um, my own cooperation with that. Um, I, I, I again kind of slipped into this period of, you know, like the, like the Psalm says, you know, you honor me with your lips, but in your heart, you know, you, you do not. And it's like, it was like that. Like I was doing the Catholic thing, but I was so burned I was so burned by this priest that like I lost faith faith in the institution of 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 confession. Um I was so wounded. And you know, so I, I guess my story is kind of a, a two-part story because there's there was that initial conversion moment where where I encountered God and, and my, my faith was kind of set on fire. But, you know, after this experience, I kind of ended up feeling like I was at, at ground zero. And it, it took a number of years to warm up even to the idea of returning to even adoration. But by God's grace, you know, I ended up going to a uh, uh, going to a music festival, um, and when I was there, I ended up going to an adoration chapel and spending some time with our Lord there. And I think that really was, again, kind of the the beginning of the reigniting of my faith. I think at the same time that I had been burned by these these priests, there was also that emotional struggle, confusion, mental confusion over like, I know what the, what the church teaches with regards to, especially to the most blessed sacrament. And then I would go to mass and I would see the complete opposite. And I was becoming more and more scandalized by that. It was becoming more and more confusing, and I really didn't know what or where to turn. And you know, for all of his faults, okay, back then, uh, this was like you know later, uh, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Michael Voris showed up <laughs> in uh, on the scene online, and. Um, he kind of gave voice back then to people like me who were seeing the confusion in the church and were like, no, this isn't, this doesn't make any sense. Um, but he also pointed out the, about the traditional Latin mass. And so like, I, you know, I heard this and I, you know, I'm, Again, keep in mind, I'm a like a former youth, life teen youth minister, music leader. Like I did all the very charismatic things, and like I I literally argued in a bar for why the Latin or for why the life teen mass was superior to the Latin mass when I was like 18 years old. Like it, 
and it and I wasn't drunk. Like that's that's how far oh, I was. Man. Okay. Oh man. But yeah. So when Michael Voris talked about the Latin Mass, it really really piqued my interest. And so on that same trip to that music festival, I ended up going to the traditional Latin Mass, and. I'll be honest with you. I think that moment was that in union with the, you know, spending time in prayer in Eucharistic adoration um, really was the, um, was the grace I needed to begin to once again, regain faith in the church and in Christ a year later, I returned to, or no, that year, I returned to confession. And I'm not going to lie, like, it literally took me going to Montreal to be able to go to confession again, because I just, I had lost so much faith in the priests, and especially in my own diocese, that I had to go there. And yeah. It so that that process of like again once again returning to the sacrament of confession, you know, finding um, priests that I could go to, where I could you know where I could confess openly about my struggles and whatnot was incredibly pivotal, and it really really helped me to grow again in my my love for God. I would say that my love and my charity had grown cold. And that that is really like I I can't express how grateful I am for both <laughs> the the solid trad online Catholic sphere when it existed in, you know, the early 2000s and the uh and just the presence of the Latin Mass, um, because I was able to go to Mass and say, "Okay, there it is. That's what I was looking for. Like every part of what I believed, and all the all the stuff that I was teaching my teenagers and in youth ministry and all of that was was here. So, yeah. So that really just reignited." Um, my faith in a big way. I ended up uh, discerning uh, a call to become a secular discalced Carmelite. Um, I ended up getting married um, to my beautiful wife, Julie. And, you know, by God's grace have, you know, I've been in, actively involved in the, in the traditional movement since. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, I get, I guess like when I when I look back at kind of like my experience of the faith, right? Like I don't think it's like a I was once this way and then I was this way. And I think I I naively would would have spoken like that when I was a youth minister because it really has been a process of like growing in the faith and entering into that just that ongoing conversion that that need daily for repentance and that need to constantly run to to God in the sacraments and not let not let the the current state that you're in kind of dictate yeah where you're going to go yeah it's been a it's been a wild journey because God has obviously like he's gone out of his way to pick me up out of the mire when I've fallen again and again and again and again. And yeah, I, I'm just so grateful that he didn't give up on me and that he had sent friends to me when I needed them, when I needed them to, say the things that they needed to say to help me even just remain 
close to the faith, even when my heart was growing cold and everything was telling me to run. It was those friendships, like with Mike and Brooke, well, more Mike back then. Um, I get Brooke, it. Brooke was still a child. Um, <laughs> Eventually she won him over with, his, with her spaghetti. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was friendships like that that really um that really made made the difference. Um you know, even like in in my encounters with those priests that really wounded me back in the day, there was a moment I re- I I remember the day after Father Steve Marsh who's been on the the podcast who's, you know, like who's my best buddy. Like we're, 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 we're bros. And like he, so he got ordained and I, we were, we were good friends at the point at that point. And he, he asked me to be the MC for his, uh, for his like ordination reception. And I remember in particular driving there and like, I was having some time of mental prayer and like, as, as I was, praying like i just got like this reminder that god truly does make all things new like it was like i was kind of i was praying about it and i was kind of seeing like all the wounds that had been inflicted by priests and you know by these clergymen over the years and then i saw my friend father steve but it was it was funny because it was now I kind of had the understanding that I didn't have before of like that. I don't need to put my faith in them that I need to put my faith in Christ alone. And that has been, I think that experience has been, was incredibly crucial. And I think our Lord kind of anticipated what the state of the church would be today in 2022 because if i had encountered frankly if i would encountered the church of today when i was in the state that i was in 2007 my faith would shatter so fast like i would be so confused um and again it would take a lot of work on god's part um probably to bring me back and again like i said like with Everything that has happened, I don't take any credit for myself at all. I, I literally feel like a beggar in this sense because, you know, I know that he's the only one that, that has made it possible for me to even be here. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an incredibly beautiful, difficult, up and down kind of journey. But, yeah, you know, um, like that song from uh, Sufjan Stevens, right? Chicago. I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, But praise be to God that his mercies are ever new and uh, that he didn't give up on me. So, yeah. Beautiful. Praise God. I don't know. Like it was, it was so like, even when you and I were friends at that time, Mike, like you knew I was going through a hard time. Like you knew that, right? Like, yeah, I don't think I knew quite the depths of it until later, but I just knew you were struggling because obviously stuff had gone down and it was really not good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of wild when you think about it, just the impact that spiritual abuse, which is what I encountered, especially from priests in particular, that impact that that has on souls. Because it's not just it's not just like, oh, this guy did, you know, something wrong. Like it's a father figure and a spiritual father figure. So it it not only creates daddy wounds, but it also really confuses you about the person of the priest, their role, and 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 God himself. Because, you know, 
you can't separate the fact that a priest does stand in persona Christi. And yeah. So I think it's so important that, yeah, especially now, like when, when I'm talking with John as he grows and, and whatnot, John, my son, that's one of the things I want to be able to try really hard to instill in him is like, don't put your faith in the priest. Like he's probably a screw up and like, there's, there's no way around, around it. They're all sinners. And yeah, to, to place your faith and your, your trust in God. Yes. <laughs> any, any other thoughts? Correct. Oh, check mark. Well, I was, I was just thinking about how kind of when I, um, what's the, what, how to say, like entered the picture when I, kind of started dating Mike and it was just like, whoa, Brooke from the choir. And I mean, when I got to see you guys and how excited you were about the faith, it was like not something I was used to at all. You know, that's the kind of thing that you only see at, you know, when you go to mass and outside of it, like people aren't, you know, talking about it. You know what I mean? But uh, I think I kind of empathize with you in if I had joined or gotten excited about the faith right now, seeing as what's happening and not really had a full understanding or kind of saw, I don't want to see the dumpster fire just slowly happen, but not kind of understand how it got to the way that it was, I would definitely be confused. And frustrated, probably. <laughs> Maybe angry, I don't know. Yeah, it was good timing to kind of explore all of that during the uh, piece of Benedict. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's true, though. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because, like, I, I remember going into my first traditional Latin Mass there in Harrisburg, PA, and... Uh, it was like the Sunday after being at a music festival and I went in with a, a band t-shirt and shorts and uh, wearing some chucks and I was definitely out of place. You know, my buddy, John, <laughs> he came with us on the trip. He's not even Catholic. Like he was fall, he was asleep in the pew beside us. Like it was, it was wild. <laughs> but like, I remember just sitting there going like, this is, like had no idea what was going on, like in terms of the the actual mass itself, um, except for the major parts. But like, I just remember the peace that came mm. with it. Um, oh yeah, you know, the air and, in the room is different. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like, I remember going. So like, we went to there. We went to the mass there. And then the that night, there was our favorite band, well, my, one of my favorite bands, Me Without You, was playing a like, um, like a toned down show in Buffalo, New York. And so we we like jetted from Harrisburg to to Buffalo, and I remember like we were in this like this like dive bar in the middle of Buffalo and we're listening to me without you. And I, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I think I had a religious experience. I don't know, (laughs) but like it, there was this moment where I was like, something is different and I feel at peace. And Like, and I knew like, because there had been so much hurt, so much pain, so much depression, so much desolation, so much anger, like there's all these emotions. And then suddenly it was like, that wasn't there. And it was just like, I knew that God had done something and yeah, yeah. So like healing really does come to the broken places. You know, if, 
we have a listener right now who's going through a really hard time, who's confused about maybe stuff in the church or having a really hard struggle at home, whatever it is, like ask God to come into it. You know, don't, don't run from him, run to him and bring it all to him because he does, he does want to heal that. Um, and he does want to, to give us that peace, the peace that only he can give. Um, yeah, because it, it is real. It is a real thing. Like, it's not just a nice platitude that you hear um, at church, but it, like, his peace is real and it does, it nothing compares to it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So, we're coming up to our season finale. With Bounce Houses and Raffle. What? <laughs> and Matt and Matt has some really spicy opinions to bring. We haven't even Along told them. The sangria. We haven't told them who's coming on the podcast, have we? I think I we mean, just did. an unnamed person. <laughs> 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 yeah. Sorry. Could so. be Jeff somebody could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> do we do we want to tell them? Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. I think the time is right. Mike? It's going to be on the season finale. Chris, Chris, Chris. Chris. (laughs) Mike, you tell them. You tell the good people. Okay, good people. We're going to have a guest appearance by Aaron and Matt from season one. Yeah. We were talking about what spicy uh, topics we could bring up with the two of them to get a good old-fashioned rant going. Let me tell you, Matt's got some very wrong stuff to say. Totally <laughs> not correct for this. <laughs> oh, it, I cannot wait. I didn't. I we 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 started bringing it up at dinner last night because uh, we had a scola practice here at the house for Corpus Christi, and uh, let me just tell you, I thought it was going to be Aaron that was going to get who's going to get cranked up, but it was Matt. It was Matt. Yeah. He was getting very intense. In case I didn't mention, he's totally wrong about it. <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily uh agree with you, Mike. I have to be honest. Yeah, you're with Matt. I I'm I'm at least I'm at least more amicable to the idea, at least of the introit. But we'll just we'll 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 just leave it at that and uh yeah. Oh, yeah. That part's all right. <laughs> I already feel it's the part where he sounded like an evil doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I feel like the dumb one at the table. Oh, yeah. The one that's just going to sit and listen and just say, Yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't tell you what Matt's top secret wrong opinions are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's going okay, to be I'll tell you once we're done. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. So, yeah, so that's going to be coming out in a couple weeks. Um, we're going to be recording that probably in the next couple weeks. Or, well, yeah, like for us, we'll be recording it in a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody will be there Brooke and Mike, myself, Tim. Like, yep great and we might even be able to get julie to call in a whole mega pint of buddies (laughs) (laughs) that's right so yeah make sure you're you're subscribed if you're not yet go to theologyofthebuddy.com if you want to be able to find out how you can connect with us um yeah it's uh, if you're not following us on social media, you definitely should. At Stay Traddy, man, best Twitter account. Um, and I uh, have no filter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, any other final thoughts, you guys? No, no. Uh, you got something. 
No, I was just thinking about the chicken joke again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stay tranny. <laughs> stay tranny. <laughs> That's a good way to end it.